Welcome to Whatever It Takes Radio, helping you do whatever it takes to succeed in marriage and life. I'm your host, Paul Speed. Today I'm sitting in the studio with my beautiful wife, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hey, honey. It's great to be with you again and to be able to share with our listeners. Um, the last time we were here, we were discussing bitterness, and we alluded to our next topic, which um, is what we want to talk about today. Yes, as we start to move towards forgiveness and talking about the true meaning of forgiveness, I do want to stop, though, and go back just a little bit on last week's podcast on forgiveness. We talked about how bitterness rewrites our past. We look back on the past and we can't see anything good. All we see is the bad that was done against us because of bitterness. And then we said that um, bitterness distorts the present. No matter what the other person does in our life, the one that we've held bitterness towards, we can't see anything good that they do. All we can see is the bad. And then we went on to say that bitterness then just uh, curses your future. And so you can't even move on in the future because now you've cursed it through this root of bitterness. And so one of the things that I wanted to add, Paul, is uh, just going through the cancer diagnosis and still walking out Uh, my cancer treatment still and and hoping and praying that that's going to continue to turn out good. I wanted to just also remind our listeners that, you know, I believe 100% of the reason that I have um, the cancer is because I did not deal with bitterness in an appropriate way. I allowed bitterness and hurts and wounds in my life and my marriage to come in and I didn't process through those correctly. And I believe as a result of hanging on to bitterness, not processing through the hurts and wounds, my immune system uh, really began to deteriorate. And then as a result of the immune system going down, cancer was able to, to live and begin to multiply. And so this topic is really dear to me because I really believe that getting rid of bitterness, choosing forgiveness, being able to walk in a life of freedom, not only helps you in relationships, those around you, but it helps you physically in your own body. It keeps disease and things from being able to come in and take over. So it's really dear to my heart. Wow. Well, I think we've, uh, we have seen that and we've had a lot of discussions about it, you and I, and There's a part of me that wishes we could just say, well, it's because I didn't eat right or I had this habit in my life, um, whether it be smoking, drinking, something else that led to it. But I'm proud of you for saying that because that is true. uh, We went through a very difficult time um, seven, eight years ago, and there was a lot of hurt feelings between us, and we've shared that. And um, But for you to be able to go back and recognize that, you know what, there was health consequences to bitterness and we didn't really talk about that last week and talking about bitterness but that is true in other words it it affects the physical body you know what's amazing paul is that as we look over the last 29 years of our marriage there was two defining uh, events that happened in our marriage that uh, gave way to bitterness and a lot of hurt and pain and number one was you know the first uh, incident 14 years into our marriage when you finally confessed to me that you had been lying to me and deceiving me for 14 years, that you had an addiction to pornography and um, you had been uh, going to adult bookstores and all sorts of horrible places like that over the years of our marriage. And so that was really traumatic. But it's interesting that as traumatic as that was, I was able to process through bitterness pretty quickly Mm -hmm. with that. Um, I was able to forgive you and it it was a a long process of walking things out. But 
it didn't take a hold of me. Bitterness didn't take a hold of me like the the last incident that happened seven years ago. And it's interesting why, because seven years ago, it didn't have anything to do with moral failure. (laughs) You've been walking free now for 14 years. It had nothing to do with that. It was when we lost our home and, and our business and all that in North Carolina, and we moved to Florida. And I really could not get through bitterness to forgiveness. And I was just so really bitter over that. It's really embarrassing to say to my listeners, but that's when the cancer began to grow in my body was when that happened. And I do think it's because I did not know how to process through that pain of losing our home, losing our business, having to move, leaving all of our friends, everything that was dear, my dreams, my hopes, everything was there in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. And because I didn't deal with it in a right way, Bitterness set in that caused my immune system to shut down. And then five years later, I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think this subject is really important for our listeners to hear. How do we deal with the hurts and wounds in our lives in a healthy way so that we can choose forgiveness and not hold on to bitterness? Hmm. I think some of the um, bitterness that happened later in our marriage that didn't happen when um, 14 years in, like you said, when I came clean with you about um, the hidden moral issues in my life. Um, I don't know. You were able to process through that in a different way. I don't know if it it was just a different um, effect on the kind of the core issues in your own heart, whether that was something else um, with it. And I think each person relates to hurts and wounds in their lives differently um, depending on what the situation is, obviously trust was violated and trust was broken. And we had to work for a long time to get that built back. But you're right. I didn't see the the, the seething bitterness um, didn't seem to go on in either one of us really toward the other, unlike it did with the hurts and wounds that came later, like you said, with the losing of the business and so forth. That was a very traumatic time in our lives and in our marriage. So um, but I know today, as we take it the next step and uh, past bitterness, is um, talking about forgiveness and what does true forgiveness looks like. I think in order to do that, though, I know we have to talk about what does it not look like because that is um, that is really important because we we hear a lot of things out there in the world and in um, counseling and so forth that says, well, this is what forgiveness looks like, or you're not forgiving me because you're not doing this certain action or whatever that we're equating to forgiveness. So let's talk about some of those first today is what does it not look like? Because we need to be able to dispel these misnomers about forgiveness and um, what it looks like. I know one of the first ones that comes to mind for me is that forgiveness is not about forgetting. I hear this all the time from men and there'll be men that said hey you know i listened to you or i did what you said and i came clean with my wife or i shared this with her i should have never told her because she just won't forgive me and then they tell me it's been three months six months or even a year Um, but i know what they're saying and what they're saying is she keeps bringing it up in other words it's not resolved and that really doesn't have anything to do with forgiveness and i try to take that man back to a place to say you know what, let's talk about forgiveness, first of all, and what does it look like? Because it's not about forgetting. You know, nowhere in Scripture, and I think, again, uh, we grab hold of isolated Scriptures. I'm thinking of Isaiah, I think Isaiah 43, where he says, um, he remembers our sins no more. And we tend to hear that, and we go, see, God forgets. God, um, and the other one in Psalms, where it says he um, removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. And if we're going to be Christ-like, we've got to do the same 
But that's not really what God is saying there. God is omniscient. He can't just forget what's happened. In fact, God chose to write people's sins down in Scripture for eternity. That's how all of us know what King David did, what Adam did, how Moses struck the rock or killed the Philistine. In other words, we know that Peter denied Christ three times. In other words, throughout Scripture, in fact, in Corinthians, it says these things are written so that you won't make the same mistakes. So God's not about... Um, I'm not I'm going to blot this from my memory and never um, have this come back anymore. Jesus blood covers our sins. He died for our sins. And that's the beautiful part of it. But saying that God remembers them no more and can't conjure them up, so to speak, that's not really true. That word forgetting and forgiveness don't really go hand in hand. What he's choosing to do is not hold them against us anymore. And that's a Amen. powerful thing. And we can do that in a relationship but oftentimes what I find, Jenny, and I'm sure you find the same, is that one party hasn't been able to process through the hurt, the pain, the mistrust, the broken trust, disappointments, the unmet expectations, whatever it might be. And because they haven't, the other party wants to look at them and say, well, you just haven't forgiven me. If you would forgive me, then we can move on from this. And that's totally not true. I totally agree with that, is that so many times that's exactly what happens is that uh, a wife or a husband who's been wounded or hurt in a marriage or there's been betrayal or whatever's gone on, they have to process through things. But when they try to process through from it, the offending party, the one who's done the offense towards them, wants to say, well, wait a minute, you said you forgave me a week ago, and so why are we still talking about this? <laughs> and as you said so where there, well there, Paul, that that's not what forgiveness means. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you just forget about it and that you never bring it up again. It's never discussed. That's not true forgiveness. Hmm. Well, I think I've heard you talk to women about trust before, obviously, because trust is a um, anytime there's a violation in the marriage by way of um, moral failure and so forth, at the core of it is trust, broken trust. And that's what's the same in my our marriage, and I've seen it in countless others. But um, does forgiveness mean that you completely trust someone again? No, forgiveness does not mean that you now trust in the other person completely. Um, that's another thing where I think we teach it wrong. Say, well, wait a minute, you said you forgave me, and so why are you asking me to have to uh, put a, a, a filter on my computer? Hmm. If you forgave me, then you should trust me. And those two don't go hand in hand. So forgiveness and forgetting don't go hand in hand, and forgiveness and trust don't go hand in hand. Again, it's a process. When there's been a violation of trust, there's been a, a violation, there's going to be some consequences. That's the next one that we talk about is that forgiveness does not mean a release of consequences of wrongdoing. What do you mean by that? Well, just because I forgive you doesn't mean there can be no consequences. Um, for instance, when... So it's not you just bringing it up again and again. We're talking about consequences as far as maybe boundaries or I don't want like you and I some of the boundaries that we came up with you didn't want me to have lunch with a woman by myself or you didn't want me to ride with a woman alone in my car in other words these were boundaries but they were really consequences because of the broken trust you couldn't trust me and that's what I wanted to build back but the consequences of my sin were the fact that I just don't have liberties like that anymore 
doesn't mean that I would do something or whatever, but that's a consequence. Is that what you mean? Yes, it is. There's a consequence. If someone murders someone, the, uh, the, the family of the one who was murdered, they can choose to forgive that person who murdered their loved one. Hmm. But the consequence is that that person is going to prison. They're going to have to spend many years in a prison jail. And so saying to the family of the one who was murdered, well, you shouldn't you know, want them to go to prison. You shouldn't press charges. They should be able to... That, that's silly. There are consequences to sin. There are things that come as a result of what we've done. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are one of those things. When there's been a betrayal in a, in a marriage or in a relationship, when there's been hurts or wounds, sometimes there's natural consequences that need to be lived out and set out. It doesn't mean you haven't forgiven because you say to your husband, I don't want you to go out with the guys anymore right. on Friday night because you've been going out with the guys on Friday night and going to bad places. Hmm. That doesn't mean you don't forgive. It just means there's now a new boundary that's there to bring about protection and safety in the marriage. Yeah, I'm reminded of what we've told young people quite often, that is God gives you the power to choose, but what you don't get to choose are the consequences. And others and the consequences for me hiding 14 years um, of immorality in my life from you, lying to you constantly about it and so forth, meant the consequences were that trust has now been violated. In other words, and now there are going to be consequences that are going to be placed in our relationship because I've broken trust. Like it's wrong for me to look at you and just say, well, you just need to trust me. I'm doing the right thing now. In other words, that is one of the consequences that there is broken trust. And that I've got to humble myself and work in this relationship now in order to rebuild trust. So, Jenny, what's another area that um, forgiveness, true forgiveness, does not look like? Well, forgiveness does not mean you pretend that it never happened. You know, I have a lot of times women that come to my Four Days to Hope that they're stuck in that stage that they just want to pretend that some of the things that have you know taken place in their life or their marriage never really happened and they think that by just doing that and saying you know I don't want to talk about it I don't want to go there I, that that's going to make it better and that's not true and so just pretending doesn't mean that you've forgiven you know when you bring something well I I've forgiven no you haven't forgiven you've just not dealt with it you're just pretending that it never happened and so again forgiveness is a process we have to walk through the steps of forgiveness so forgiveness does not mean pretending that it never happened and then another one forgiveness does not mean that you're instantly healed of all emotional pain Hmm. you know someone will say well i forgave you know years ago i forgave my father for what he did for me but it's you know it still hurts well you know what that's a natural part of uh, life is that where there's been betrayal where there's been wounds where there's been hurt you're always going to have pain there. You Mm. know, we talk about on our Four Days of Hope weekend what scars are for. And scars remind us. They remind us of what happened and took place in our life and how God has now healed us. But a scar is always tender. You know, I have had several surgeries now from the breast cancer, and those areas where there's been surgeries, they're tender, and they always will be. But a scar reminds me of how God brought me through that surgery, how God brought me through that pain, that fear of cancer. And in the same way in our lives, the hurts and wounds, as we get healed and we walk through the process of forgiveness, we're always going to have a scar. But that scar can remind us of good things, of how God healed and restored that relationship. Yeah, and I can understand as you walked through um, true forgiveness, 
being able to, you know, the emotional pain gets less and less. But until then, I can understand as a man, in other words, I wake up in the morning and my wife's crying and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. It's been a year. It's been two years. But it just so happens at that time because of a time of weakness or um, emotional um, build up in your life or whatever, there's thoughts, it's the memories, it's remember that time at the beach when he was lying to you, whatever. And it doesn't mean you haven't forgiven me. It doesn't mean that you're not even processing through it. But the emotional wound is still there and it takes time. I mean, we're 15 years down the line and I know that doesn't happen near as much to you as it did back then. But I remember times, you know, when I thought, hey, things are great. Our marriage is moving on now. In other words, that's just a thing of the past. But then all of a sudden one day I can just tell you're you're kind of worked up. You're thinking you don't want to go there, but you're going there. The thoughts are coming. The enemy may be bringing those thoughts. You may have your own or maybe something triggers you like a memory or a place that we go, well, suddenly now you're walking through it again. It may not be like it was the first day or the first week or the first month, but it's still there. And you love me and you want our relationship to work. So you're, you're pushing through it. But I remember I tried, and I could be wrong here, but I tried very hard to, to always try to understand that when you were going through that. In other words, to not condemn you or not to look at you and go, there you go again. What's it been a year now and you're still not over it or you still haven't forgiven me. But I tried to understand that, you know what, it could be the rest of your life that every day you have to say, I choose to forgive him. Right. And uh, Paul, I will say you have done a very good job with that. And, you know, the times have become less and less frequent when I will get triggered uh, back to those days and that pain. But you're right, as you have chosen to be patient with me and to let me share my heart with you and to say, you know, that reminds me of, and then you walk through that, you didn't demand instant healing. You didn't look at me and say, why are you upset over that? You know, goodness, that was years ago. And so why are you still crying over it? Now, I want to make sure my listeners understand that we are 15 years out and this happens very, very seldom, if ever, anymore. But during those first years, there were we would go on a vacation and we might be in a certain place that we had been before. And all of a sudden that would trigger me to ask a question. You know, when we were here before, did you do anything that was wrong? Did you, you know, and and you know, and that hurt and pain would come back as you would have to answer those questions. And so you could have easily looked at me and said, Well, wait a minute, I thought you forgave me. I thought you forgave me. So why are you bringing this up now? And why are you crying again? But you were very patient with me. And you have been for all these years in allowing me to express my heart. And then you speaking into my heart and helping me to walk through that process of healing and forgiveness. Hmm. Well, God sure has brought us a long way. And I'm very grateful for that. But um, so far today, as we've been talking about what does true forgiveness looks like, we first have to deal with the kind of misnomers out there of what is forgiveness what does it not look like and um, because this is what gets us into so much trouble and so far we've been talking about forgiveness does not mean just forgetting it it doesn't mean releasing the consequences of when someone's done you wrong Um, it doesn't mean you just begin to trust that person completely you also mentioned that it doesn't mean we just pretend that it never happened don't live in denial in other words you it doesn't forgiveness does not mean that and forgiveness does not mean that you're going to be instantly healed from all the emotional pain these are really key ones to um, to consider. And we've got several more that we want to talk about, but we're going to take a short break. So we hope you stick around. We'll finish up with these last few.
Ladies, do you feel overwhelmed, frustrated, or hopeless? Are there days that you feel you simply can't go on? Is your pain so deep that you truly don't know how to resolve it? I've been there, and I want you to know that help and healing are possible. I'm Jenny Speed, founder of Whatever It Takes Ministries. Join me at the next Four Days to Hope for Women, and you'll find the answers you desperately need. For more information, go to whateverittakesministries.com or call 800-605-1875. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we want to continue to talk about um, what forgiveness does not look like. Um, Jenny, talk about reconciliation and how that works in here. That's a really good one too, Paul, because sometimes people um, believe and feel that there has to be reconciliation if there was true forgiveness. And the truth is you can't control that always. Like I can choose to forgive you, but if you don't choose to forgive me, there's not going to be reconciliation of the relationship. So forgiveness is a one-way road. I can choose and should choose to forgive the people who've wounded me or hurt me in my life. But that does not always mean there's going to be reconciliation. That's a two-way road. We have to choose to walk hand in hand, side by side, to reconcile that relationship. And so we need to understand that because sometimes we can feel like, well, I haven't forgiven that person because if I did, we would be in relationship again. But maybe you did choose to forgive, but they didn't choose to forgive. So there's not reconciliation. Well, sometimes I think we get stuck where Jesus said um, to forgive 70 times 7 if your brother sins against you. Well, again, he's talking about forgiveness there. Reconciliation could be totally different. If if my neighbor stole from me 70 times seven and he keeps showing up on my doorstep to say, oh, I want to confess one more thing I stole from you. um, Sooner or later, I'm either going to be building a wall around the yard. I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be doing something. Yes, he's my neighbor. He has to live there, but that doesn't mean I'm going to let him come into my yard or I'm going to let him watch my house when we're gone and so forth. There's consequences, which we've talked about earlier. I'm going to be holding consequences and I'm not probably not going to have the type of relationship we had before because he can't control the behavior that he keeps offending me with. But I know before the Lord, I want to forgive him. I don't want to harbor bitterness and unforgiveness um, toward him. So I do that between me and the Lord. But reconciliation, like you said, it's going to be totally different in what that looks like. That is so good. And your example was really good because, again, a lot of people confuse consequences to a wrong that's been done with unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. I can forgive you, or like you said, you can choose to forgive the neighbor for coming over and stealing things, but there may be consequences to what was done in that you end up building a wall around the property so that he can't do it again. That's That doesn't mean you haven't forgiven him. It just means that you have a healthy boundary that says you can't come in here and take things out of my garage anymore because it's not good for me, it's not good for you, and it's just not good. And so that doesn't mean you haven't forgiven him. It just means you're setting a healthy boundary. Right. And Jesus said in Matthew, if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your heavenly Father will not forgive your transgressions. That's a really heavy Heavy verse, Jesus said, and that's why forgiveness is so important, which brings us to the last thing that um, I want to talk about um, as far as what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not optional to the believer. It's a command that we're to forgive others, just like I read there in Matthew. If you want to be forgiven, we have to forgive others, and that's an important part 
Um, it's not impossible, and I know some of the hurts may be deeper, may be harsher than what someone else may be having to deal with in the area of forgiveness. So it's kind of like one size forgiveness may not fit all. I understand that. And, um, but forgiveness is not optional to the believer. It really isn't. If you want to be forgiven, then you have to choose to forgive. You know, Scripture says, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken forth. Whatever it is in your life that you're looking for, that you're wanting, you have to be willing to give it first. Mm. And so, you know, I had to be willing, Paul, to forgive you. You know, years ago when you came in on that um, November night, you know, and you asked me to forgive you for all the lying and all the things that you had been doing and uh, in our marriage, I chose that night to forgive you. I remember it very well. I made a conscious choice. I'm going to forgive you. I said that to you. But then I had to walk out that forgiveness. The next day, I was mad. I woke up and I was really, really mad because everything had sank in that night of what you were saying, you know, and what you had done and how there had been 14 years of lying. But I still, that next day, I had to choose forgiveness again. Mm. Okay, I'm going to choose to forgive you again today. I chose to forgive you last night. I'm going to choose to forgive you today. And I had to keep day by day walking out that process. Were there consequences? Yes, they were good consequences. They were healthy consequences that brought safety to our marriage, safety to me. You know, as we sat down and went through and drew out boundaries, um, did it mean that I could trust you immediately? No. As a matter of fact, it totally transformed that word trust. I don't even use trust anymore when I teach my women at my women's weekends. We talk about having confidence in man, but putting trust in God. And, you know, that rocked my world because I realized that where I had fallen myself, where I had gone wrong, is I had transferred all my trust from God and put it in you as a man. So when you failed me, I was devastated. And so now the Lord's taught me how to have confidence in you, but to put my trust in God. And I have 100% confidence in you because you've proved yourself to be uh, truthful. And so that's built that confidence. But now my trust is in God. That's a much more healthy place. Forgiveness does not mean that you pretend. You don't just act like it never happened and you move on. You, you have to walk through it. Forgiveness does not mean that you're instantly healed. I was not instantly healed from all the pain of the 14 years of lying and deceiving me. We had to walk through years and years of me getting triggered and things getting brought back up until the healing was really complete. Forgiveness does not mean that there's reconciliation of the relationship. It's a two-way road. Two people have to choose to be reconciled. But regardless of whether or not that other person chooses to forgive you, you can forgive them. Hmm. That's really, really important. Well, Jenny, it's been a great topic. I think um, a very important topic for all of our listeners because it's not just for married couples or married people, but it's for individuals also. In other words, had I understood what true forgiveness was looked like when I was in high school and college, I mean, it would have... It would have helped me being able to overcome some bitterness and some real hurtful situations that I held on to for years because I didn't know what forgiveness looked like. But um, I think um, as we continue this series and part two coming up, what does true forgiveness look like? 
Um, I think we were able to share with the listeners enough today about what it doesn't look like. And these are some areas that I think um, that we need to check in our own belief system and see, have I equated forgiveness to be this way? And if so, that's how so often we kind of lose track and we um, make bad decisions or um, don't heal properly through a situation because it's not really what true forgiveness looks like. So I'm excited about our next podcast as we begin to talk about what does it really, really look like. And I think it's going to be um, great for our listeners. Is there anything else you want to follow up with? Nope. I think that's good. Great. Well, we want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. And if you've got further questions or want to know more about whatever it takes ministries or how we can help you, please contact us through our website or you can call us at 336-310-5050. And if you're listening on iTunes, we encourage you to like it, share it with a friend. And um, you never know who around you may be struggling with just this particular topic, and um, it would be a real um, blessing to them. So thank you again for joining us today. And until next time, remember, your life can be different if you're willing to do whatever it takes. 